So I've learned a lot from watching that uh, bumper the last several weeks. One is to not drive behind Chris Thayer, and I'm sure the inside of his m minivan smells terrible. So I don't know what kind of crazy person keeps uh, gasoline in their car. Uh, well, good morning, everybody. My name is Chris. I'm one of the pastors here at Good Shepherd. I serve as the worship pastor here. And uh, we have a kind of a fun uh, uh, morning kind of plan for us, something a little bit different. And we have the opportunity to be um, joined up here by some of our amazing worship leaders. Um, and I'm going to give you just a little bit of time to get to know them a little bit better. And hopefully you all had a great Thanksgiving. And we started off our service this morning just thanking God. We have so much to be thankful Four, and he turned our lives around. And so just so great to see you all lifting your voices in worship today. I'd love to introduce some of our uh, worship leaders up here. Um, well, I'll, I'll introduce you and then we'll kind of go down the line. This is Becca. Yeah, this, everyone is April. And this is Meredith. Everyone, would you let them know that you appreciate them spending some time with us? Now, I've been a good shepherd now for just over 14 years, and uh, it has been just an incredible journey just to see how far um, this church has come and all the great things that God has done through the ministry of the people of Good Shepherd, and just to see the way that God is impacting this little slice of Charlotte and beyond, um, even internationally in other countries around the world. And I just loved seeing the way that this worship community has grown together, um, even together as we join to sing on Sunday mornings. Well, I, I thought it'd be great for you all just to get to know your worship leaders a little bit better. And so I just wanted to give you all an opportunity just to share a little bit about yourself and let us know how did you get into singing and when did you find that uh, singing was a gift that you would be using in the church to serve the Lord? Who wants to go first? Anybody? Oh, Becca. Everyone's go for it, Becca. Everyone's looking at you. <laughs> Everyone's looking at me. Okay, I'll go first. Um, well, I started singing, honestly, as early as I could remember. Um, I didn't start singing in church. Worship was never a thing for us. Church was never a thing for us. But a, a little background, just short, I guess, very quickly. Um, my home environment at home when I was a kid was a little bit rough. Um, my dad was an alcoholic, so we definitely did not go to church. Um, and it wasn't even in our, in our minds. But um, after quite some time, we did start going to church, and that's how my dad, when I was around 12 years old, is when he gave his life to Jesus, and um, it was it was so good. Yeah, that that's give him a clap. <laughs> it, it's great, um, and, and that was very short. There were so many things, you know, that it impacted us, not just myself, but my mom, my sister. I mean, all of us, and it was it was a great deal to deal with. Um, but through that, music was an outlet for me, and um, it, it, was, it was great. I learned how to play keys. I had lessons every now and then, um, but I, I pretty much taught myself how to play keys and, and how to sing just by ear, and um, it was a great outlet. And at that point, when my dad was saved, we would start going to church at that point, and I saw that there were worship leaders, had no idea what that was, that concept, and I was like, well, if I could, if I could do that, that would be great. So I did. And, um, you know, at that point I didn't really understand the concept that, you know, this was a gift from God. It was just, my, my mind was just, this is a talent that you have and just do what you love instead of doing it in, in the basement of your house. Maybe you can do it <laughs> in church with other people, glorify, glorify God who practically, you know, saved my dad. Um, and so, it was great, and so since then, it's been, uh, I've been motivated, I've, I've had this desire, this longing for worship to this point, it's just grown exponentially, um, and so, yeah, that's why I'm here today. Awesome. <laughs> 
Yeah, we have to pray for her too because she's uh, our student ministries worship leader right now serving. So she leads students in worship and I, we love students. I have two of them and uh, they're, they're great. Um, but it, it's a challenge to be leading the next generation in worship right now. And she's taking that on faithfully and she's doing a wonderful job. So encourage her, let her know Thank you appreciate you. her leading students. <laughs> Thanks for that. April Meredith, anybody yes, you? April. <laughs> <laughs> I guess we're going in order. We're on the line. Yeah, that's fine. <laughs> so yeah, I, um, I grew up in a very musical family and I also grew up in a very church music family. So from an early age, my parents were always um, involved with music. My mom had a career in music prior to birthing me, which she reminded me of a lot that when she got pregnant with me, her musical career ended. But she, uh, but her and my dad were involved in the praise team um, at the time. And so when I grew up, music was always a part of our life. And being in church and doing church music was always a part of our life. And so um, it's funny because I never really have had much of an experience singing outside of the church. I've done a few things like, you know, special event driven, weddings, funerals, pageants, that kind of thing. But for the, lack, for the most part, all of my singing experience, my worship experience has been within the walls of a church and within the walls of this church for the most part. <laughs> so, um, you know, but my parents, both having grown up in the church as well, they always from a very young age told us that my sister and I both who inherited some musical talent, they were like, this is a gift from God. This is not something that is genetically passed down. This is something that God gave you and chose to give you for a number of reasons. And so um, we both, at being musical, singing, but also we um, had a family band. Okay. So um, hopefully there's no evidence of that. That was before cell phones. So it was anyway, but we all were just a part of music and that's been a part of our lives. And Jesus music, as I call it, has been such an integral part of my growing up, my formative years and even my adult life. Um, and I think my mom was very, she, who's saying, she was very uh, intentional about telling me, my sister, that you, you do this not only to bring other people to worship, but also as you have a unique way to worship the Lord that some people don't have. So by me being able to worship and sing, that's a unique way I have to bring glory to God that not everybody has that I'm blessed with. Um, so I started singing publicly, I guess, when I was about 10. It was a Michael W. Smith song. <laughs> it was so good. You know, it was like 10 years ago when I was like 10. So, um, but okay. yeah. Wow, shade. Okay, but Honestly, ever since then, it's just been, it's been about me not only having this unique, amazing experience to worship God um, by singing, but knowing that I have some talent that could be aesthetically pleasing enough for someone else to usher them into worship. Um, and that's something that came up when I was thinking about this. I won't be too much longer. The, <laughs> it was... Um, there are a lot of people who resist the idea of worship. There are a lot of people that are nervous about it, anxious about it, fear it, loathe it, condescend the idea of worship. Um, and so I believe that God gave me enough talent that can be aesthetically pleasing to some people to hear. You know, my, my singing voice is pleasing enough for some people to hear that it can usher them into the presence of God without them knowing it. And so they become this, there's this routine that they get used to. They're like, what is this feeling that I have when you sing and I sing along with you? And they may not even know what that is yet, but I believe that the Holy Spirit works in spite of us sometimes. And so I believe that he uses that to usher people into a routine of worship, even despite 
themselves sometimes. So that's it. Yeah. That's good. <laughs> How can I follow that? <laughs> not bad, not bad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah pretty good, pretty good. Meredith, why don't you go ahead and share with us? Yes. So right before I share, if you don't mind, Chris, I just want to say that Good Shepherd is an amazing church. Can we just give a hand clap for that? So um, I'm, I'm a little, I'm, I'm, of course, I'm newer to the church. Um, and from the time that I started here, it is evident that God is first in this church. Um, just everyone is just amazing. Um, and this has been an incredible experience to not only worship God, but to do it corporately together. Um, so I'm just excited and honored to, um, and privileged to be with you guys. So thank you very much for that. Okay, so um, I'm like Becca. I started singing before I can remember. I, th I was told from family that I started singing um, before I was speaking full sentences. So, <laughs> so music has always been a part of me, and um, my mother is a singer as well. So um, that kind of passed down that way. And um, I began leading songs in the church um, at five, at, at five years old. So uh, <laughs> um, I definitely grew up in the church and uh, we were in the church Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and we may get some time off on Saturday. So um, at the time growing up, I didn't quite understand why it was so important to be so close to God. And I would sometimes complain like, oh, we got to go back to church. But here as I stand at this age, and um, I'm so grateful because my parents instilled in me at a very young age that there is a purpose for worship. And, uh, and in my worship and in my commune with God, that he can really, 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 really speak clearly. And, um, and, and I'm honored to have that privilege. So um, I'm just grateful. Yeah. <laughs> Very cool. Thank you for that. What about you, Chris? Oh, thanks for yeah. asking, ladies. <laughs> what about you, Chris? Um, no, actually, I didn't, I don't, my story is a little bit different. I didn't, I've shared with some people before, but I did not actually start knowing that I had any musical gifts until after I had joined the military. Um, I joined the military right after high school, and I was in the Air Force stationed in Germany, and I was a part of a singing group of people. You know, I was in a church of um, a gathering of people that love to sing. And when you're a part of a community of people that love to sing, it's infectious. Like, it just starts to, like, kind of get into your bones. And I didn't know what was going to happen with this. I'd been helping and serving in the church. And I grew up, growing up in California as a kid, I really had a, a giant affinity towards hip-hop. And uh, so I thought one day, you know what? I'm going to make me some Christian yes. hip-hop. Yes. And so I went and bought a $300 keyboard that you press a button, and all of a sudden you are a hip-hop master. It's probably not very far off of the truth anymore, but anyway. But I, the music starts up there, and I wrote this little, uh, wrote a hip-hop song. My friends came down to my dorm room. I made them listen to it, and I sat there the whole, well, I sang it to them. Well, wrapped it to them. I should probably put it yes. that way. And uh, they didn't totally make fun of me, so I was like, yes, this is my thing. And uh, so... I kept going on with that just a little bit, and up until recently, I found out that I think I had plagiarized um, Ice Ice Baby by Vanilla Ice, which is plagiarism of something else by Queen. So it was doomed for failure. Um, and so I started, one day I took this keyboard, and I thought, well, what if I turn this keyboard into a piano? 
you know, I had to press about 12 buttons and all of a sudden it was a piano. And a friend of mine uh, gave me some chord charts and there was a lady um, at this ministry I was a part of and she said, hey, you should join our worship team because as a singer, I didn't even play piano really at this point. And I was like, okay, sure, why not? I, I'd love to sing. And so I got involved with the ministry and I started to sing with them. And as it kind of went on, I found out I could play the piano. And then about a year later, I picked up the guitar and this was all about when I was 20 years old. And um, that's when I kind of discovered that it was his passion. I remember very specifically knowing there was a time where I felt maybe God was calling me to something more than just having a gift of being able to play a guitar and, um, and play some chords on the piano and sing. We were in a worship um, setting in the military base and it was on chapel. And it was just one of those moments I barely knew how to play any songs, barely. I think I knew like four chords, but I was rocking out to some Lord, I lift your name on high. And I was just like tearing this song up. And the whole group of people that we were with, there was just such great community. They were all singing and they were passionate and it felt effortless. Like I just felt like it was the Holy Spirit moving through me. And I was like, this is something different. Mm something different that I didn't know about myself. And that kind of just started me on a path and, you know, fast forward, um, you know, all of like seven years later and I'm here at Good Shepherd as your um, worship arts pastor. So it's just kind of a crazy, crazy journey um, that God has brought me on. But it has definitely been one of those ones where it's very evident that the Holy Spirit was kind of um, orchestrating something in me that I didn't even know that I had. It was a gift that I had. So thank you so much for sharing everything and sharing all those. Oh, thank you, appreciate it. Um, so we've been in this series called Empty Tank, and it's been a whole series talking about the Holy Spirit and what it means to be filled with the Holy Spirit. And so we started thinking about worship and what that means to be filled with the Holy Spirit in worship. And so we started, I asked the question, what's the role of the Holy Spirit in our worship? And I, and I just want to clarify really quick, worship does not equal singing. It, it can but it does not mean singing, okay? So that, well, I'm talking about worship as a whole, about how our life declare, declares and expresses our, that how worthy God is and then how that kind of plays out in our lives. And there's a passage of scripture that I wanted to put up for you all that's from John um, chapter 14. Jesus says, he's replying to the, to the disciples, anyone who loves me will obey my teaching. That's a hard phrase. Anyone who loves me will obey my teaching. My father will love them and we will come to them and make our home with them. And then verse 24, anyone who does not love me will not obey my teaching. Though these words you hear are not my own. They belong to the father who sent me. So Jesus is laying it out very clear. Like there's no magical meaning behind any of this. It's very, very clear that those that love him will obey his teaching. And it's hard, like when you really know and you, you see all the things that God is asking you to do that's so sacrificial, there's a lot of dying to ourselves. And it feels like when we open the scriptures that we say, wow, there's a lot of things to learn and remember. But here's where the Holy Spirit comes in and this starts in verse 25. All this I have spoken while still with you. And then 26. But the advocate, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things and will remind you of everything I have said to you. I'm gonna, let me say that again. But the advocate, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things and remind you of everything. So the Holy Spirit is there to teach us and remind us. That's the role of the Holy Spirit in our lives. Teach and remind. And so we want to take just a minute to kind of unpack that a little bit um, as it relates to worship or in our everyday lives. Where do you find maybe in times of singing or worship or other areas as you read through scripture or times experiences in your life where you knew that the Lord through the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit was teaching you or reminding you? Okay. <laughs> um, so I, I feel like it's hard to 
say a specific, like just, you know, if we sat here and rattled off times that I felt like the Holy Spirit was reminding me and teaching me things during worship, oh, we would be here all day, okay? But I feel like um, when I was thinking about this this week, there were two specific examples that came to mind. And one was, y'all know the song, Goodness of God. This one happened, this is something that happened to me during worship. So there's the song, Goodness of God, and the chorus is, all my life you have been faithful, all my life you've been so, so good. And so obviously that's like a weeper song for me. I'm like, <laughs> it's crying. And it's, it's like one, it's just, it's an amazing, those words are so amazing. And I've, I've always been touched by the words whenever I sang them, but a few weeks ago, I really felt like the Holy Spirit was prompting me to say, you need to understand that this is, I have done this for you. I have protected you from your, before you were born, from a family relationship that was abusive and toxic. And because he was protecting me, keeping me sort of on, on the surface of a, have a surface relationship with this person, he was protecting me from um, actually having a per, another, like my parent as a sort of liaison between them. So I did, I never had the opportunity, thankfully, to get very close to a person in my family who was not a good person. Um, and so I felt like the Holy Spirit was, was telling me, this is me protecting you. I have been looking out for your good since before you were born. You put, I put your mother in place so that he could protect you from this person. And then when your mother passed away, I put someone else in place to protect you from this person. And so, I'm sorry. <laughs> um, so, he, so the Holy Spirit was looking out for my goodness and he, he has been faithful my entire life from before I was born, before my mother was born, to even now at 36 years old. He's saying, I'm protecting you and I'm keeping you safe from this person. And I wanna remind you that I'm always, I've always been and I always will be faithful. Amen. That's great. Amen. That's really good. Really good. Who else wants to share um, something? I can share. Go ahead, Becca. It's kind of similar to what you were saying, and it, it just it resonates with you because that song, um, I Am Who You Say I Am, or it's Who You Say, who you I, say I Am by Hillsong, yeah. it says, I am chosen, not forsaken. I am who you say I am. And there's also, there's nothing that our God can do. That's by passion. There's nothing that our God can't do. Um, there's not a mountain that he can't move. And it, the, the words in the song, you know, you can, you can get so caught up in just coming here, reading the words off the screen and just, you know, you're just singing. It's the thing that you do on Sunday mornings right before the sermon. But it goes a whole lot deeper than that. Worship is not just about reading the words and singing them out and singing. It's about what are you actually singing? And, and the, 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 there are so many worship songs that highlight scripture, that point to Jesus, to his character, to who he is. And so for me, I think back to, there's nothing that our God can't do. There is literally nothing that our God can't do. If he took my dad out of the grips of hell with alcoholism, what can he not do? He changed this man who was so stubborn, who I thought, I mean, was really, I, I would have conversations with him like, dad, are you gonna be at my wedding one day? Like, are you gonna be able to walk me down the aisle because this is how bad it was? And I was like seven years old having these kind of conversations with my dad. And so seeing, like if I'm here on Sunday mornings or even with the youth Sunday nights and I'm worshiping and I'm singing along to that song, there's nothing that our God can't do. It's like a moment. I mean, my voice will crack in everything because I, I am just, 
I'm, I'm, my, the Holy Spirit is reminding me of God's character, of who God is and the power that he has, the power, the, the influence that he has in our lives. And, and that whole thing that you were saying about, I am chosen, like that's what I kept hearing in my, in my heart is we are chosen. God has chosen each and every single one of us. He has a purpose for each and every single one of us, even if we don't feel like it. And I remember as a child, and I'm sorry, I'm taking forever, but <laughs> as a child, like I would feel like, you know, what is my purpose? There's, there's, what am I, what is gonna come out of me here? In this kind of environment, I don't see myself coming out of anything. Um, but seeing the way that God worked in my my life and how much he protected me, even though there was so much trauma that I'm still dealing with through, to this day, um, I am chosen. He never forsaked me. He took care of me. He loves me so much and continues to pour out his love on me because his love is enduring. And so that's, that, that's one of the things, or one of the examples really, um, in a nutshell, of how... I, I always think, you know, the Holy Spirit, it reminds us. He yeah. teaches us every yeah. time, even through worship. Yeah, so you both have a similar experience of just, you know, some pain and some trauma that's there and then songs being reminded. I had, um, when I was stationed, um, right before I was getting ready to get out of the military, um, I got sent to Saudi Arabia. And when I went to Saudi Arabia, I kind of fought and screamed the entire time. I was trying to get out of the military. I was engaged to my wife, Lauren, and um, we were... I was, doing everything I could to get out. And I literally missed getting out by about two weeks. And, you know, the, the planes hit the towers and um, all of our lives obviously changed. Um, and I remember getting sent to Saudi Arabia. And long story short, I fought a lot. I did not want to go. I mean, I kicked and screamed the entire way. And then finally, a very wise brother came to me from the church and he said, hey, Chris, well, you know, challenged me with an idea and a thought. And I was like, oh, okay, well, maybe I should go and stop fighting. And so I, I went and I got to Saudi and I realized that it was like, oh, you know, God has a purpose for me here. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm going to lead worship here. Um, I'm going to be there. If there's, you know, some other people that need to know Jesus, I'm going to be available. And about a month into it, I got like the worst case of mononucleosis you've ever got in your life. And I mean, I got the really bad kind with like your, where your throat swells up and you can't drink water. And um, I was really weak and I'm a skinny guy and I'd lost about 15 pounds off of what I already had. So, I mean, I was, I was pretty bad. And I remember I was just, I felt terrible. Like it was just literally like the pits of just physically feeling so awful. And I was like 23 years old, I think. And I mean, you shouldn't feel that way when you're 23, but I felt terrible. I thought I was going to die. And um, then one day this lady came over to my dorm to uh, pray for me. She was someone I worked with. And she said, hey, I know you've been sick, but I just came to pray for you. And uh, she prayed for me. She prayed healing over me. And then I just started weeping. I was so weak. I just started crying. And I was just miserable. And she said, why are you crying? And I said, I feel just terrible. I feel so weak and so powerless. And it was like at that moment, the Holy Spirit lifted a scales, like scales just fell off of my eyes. And, and it was like, I just stopped. And I looked at her and I said, and that's exactly why I'm here. And the Holy Spirit reminded me in my weakness of what Paul talked about in the scriptures. Like scripture came to mind immediately, which was um, that my, my, in your weakness, my strength is perfected, that my grace is sufficient for you. And I was reminded of that. And I think sometimes in those moments, that's what the Holy Spirit does. And it doesn't like come like a flash all the time, but sometimes we go through something and the Holy Spirit just reminds us of something that we've been taught before, especially from scriptures. Yeah. Meredith, you have something you want to share? So, um, I just, I love what you just said. Um, 
there are some beautiful things that come when the Holy Spirit is moving. And um, one of them that I have experienced is understanding and um, that feeling of comfort. Um, some years ago, um, on a Christmas morning, we were traveling up to New Jersey. And in the car, I went into a grand mal seizure. So this was the first time I had ever experienced anything like that. I don't even remember, um, you know, everything that happened. I just remember my head jerking. Um, but I actually went into cardiac arrest after that. Um, and at that point, my uncle was driving. My grandmother was in the front passenger seat and my best friend um, was sitting beside me. So I'd slumped over. Of course, they pulled over on the highway, called for paramedics to come and they tried to get a heartbeat um, and was not able to. But they called my um, mom on the phone to let her know what was going on. And my mom said, no, um, Put, just put the phone by her ear. And, um, and my uncle, he's, you know, he's telling me this, and he's like, I thought that was the craziest thing. Why would you want the phone by the ear? But my mother began to just confess what she knew to be true, and that is that God is present, that God has called my daughter, that life is not over. And she began to read and recite scriptures, and a heartbeat came. So I, I think that when... Um, the Holy Spirit is present, we receive this wonderful gift of comfort, this wonderful um, understanding, this wonderful level of wisdom that even though we may not understand um, what it presently looks like, it may look like death. We may hear a doctor say that you're on a time limit, um, but, but God ultimately is the one that's in control and the one that is looking out for us. So I just, I love what you shared and um, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. That's awesome. I didn't know that about you. That's incredible. Yeah, what an yeah. incredible story. I think wow. God. Wow, that's very cool. Well, I would love it. Um, we've, we've done a lot of hand clapping here, but would you one more time just let these <laughs> ladies know how much you appreciate what they've shared? Y'all are very, very, very kind. I, we really appreciate that. Thank you so much for what you had to share. Um, I'm going to just uh, take a moment to kind of get us ready. We're going to sing just a little bit more into worship. And before I do that, I just wanted to take a moment. We, we've been in this series all about the Holy Spirit. And as I was thinking about this, this idea of empty tank, this past summer, my family and I, we took a trip, or this summer, we took a trip um, from Washington um, all the way down to California, through Oregon, through Nevada, and on. And the car that we rented, um, I didn't know when I, when I rented the car um, what kind of fuel it took. So when I pulled up to the, to the gas tank, I opened up the little lid and opened it up, and it said, premium only. And if, you're, if you've been to the West Coast, like gas is expensive now here, and every time you go there, you go, oh no. On the West Coast, it's like, you know, you have to sign papers, co-sign a loan, everything else is to fill up your tank. And I had to put premium gas. So of course I pull up my phone, I'm like, how bad is it gonna be if I don't put premium gas in here? Knocking, pinging of the engine, voiding the warranty. Even though it's not my car, I'm like, okay, I'm not paying for a car like this and dealing with insurance. So I learned it was very, very important to put the right kind of gas in the gas tank. It's important to put the right kind of gas in the gas tank. You know, I think sometimes what we do in worship is that we, we've relegated worship to being kind of one thing only. I come on Sunday mornings, the worship team gets up there, they sing these songs, they give me goosebumps, I get excited, and then I leave. And that's fine. We, we love worship. We love what we do. I mean, we really love what we do. And there's nothing wrong with some goosebumps and a well-performed song. But I've yet to find that passage of scripture that equates the Holy Spirit to goosebumps. 
When I read about the Holy Spirit, I'm always immediately drawn to those passages of when Jesus describes what the Holy Spirit, the advocate is. And then I'm reminded even more of what it looked like when the Holy Spirit was poured out in a very powerful way at Pentecost. And you can read all about that in Acts chapter two. And in Acts chapter two, 50 days after the uh, death and resurrection of Jesus, the disciples are all gathered together and they're in one place. And it says like what was like a mighty rushing wind blew through the house. And it says what appeared to be like tongues of fire, which was the Holy Spirit, rested on each one of them. And they began to speak in different languages. And this was important because gathered around them at that time were people from every nation and every tribe. And when they came in, they were amazed because they heard the word of God being spoken to them in their language. And they were like, what's going on? Are these people intoxicated? Are they drunk? And then Peter, and this is where the Holy Spirit really makes a difference in a person's life. Peter, the same Peter who denied that he knew Jesus three times. Same Peter who was prone to violence and anger, cutting off the ear of a soldier. This Peter decides the one who denied Jesus to get up and give one of the most brilliant sermons ever given. Because when the Holy Spirit fills you, he brings something out and works through you in ways that you'd never imagined. And he transforms you and makes you into something new. And what I love so much after you read through this, it's not a nice sermon, by the way. <laughs> At a certain point, he says, and he was, and Jesus, this Jesus, you crucified him. You did it. And it says that later on, they received that word and over 3,000 people were added to their numbers that day. The Holy Spirit can do profound and amazing things in your life. But it requires an act of submission. It requires that place in your life to say, you know what, I'm not gonna settle for just goosebumps on Sunday morning, but I want every part of my life to be transformed. I wanna put the good stuff in my gas tank. I don't wanna put a substitute. I don't wanna put un regular unleaded. I don't want my engine to start pinging and making noises. I want it to run smoothly and to run at its full and peak performance. Now, how that works out, how is someone filled with the Holy Spirit? That's, that, that could take forever to kind of explain. But I will say this, that if you confess that Jesus is Lord and believe it in your heart, that at that moment you are given the promise and the seal and the gift of the Holy Spirit. And what he does in your life from that point on is just a miracle day after day. And I believe that there's a way to kind of know what that looks like. You can read in Galatians chapter five, where it talks about the fruits of the spirit, gentleness, peace, kindness, all these different things that are kind of ex exuded through your life. And that's what we as worship leaders really, really want. What we want is as we talk about the Holy Spirit, we want the Holy Spirit to remind you and teach you so if you ever see us out in the lobby, we don't mind being told that we've done a great job or we sing a song well. But what we really love is, hey, when you sang that song this morning, I was reminded of God's faithfulness. I appreciate you sharing that with us today. Because we love to know how the Holy Spirit is changing your life.